detail it up. Yeah, I, I, I love vacuums. So for me, I'm having a Yeah, having a ball. <laughs> yeah, and I like, you know, I get to work by myself and I can listen to podcasts. That's it, yeah. I just, it's fun to me. Don't have to work for anybody either, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. That was my biggest, when I moved here, I was working my ass off all over the place. Yeah. For everyone just breaking my back, making very little money. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck this. And, <laughs> I'm um, done. And then I was like, I'll buy my own equipment and then I'll just start with a vehicle. And yeah. Now it's gotten to the point where I've been able to sustain a living. That is cool, dude. That's awesome. What do you do for work? I'm at a Trader Joe's on Whitebridge there, you know? Yeah. Man, I love Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's uh, it's definitely, it's pretty crazy how much like they do in sales and stuff. It's like every Sunday is just absolutely insane, you know? But it's really fun. It's a great time. Yeah, and great food. Oh, great food. <laughs> I, I wish there was a Trader Joe's in East Nashville. Yeah, they're uh, they're opening one up, but I think it's more downtown. So oh, really? yeah, nothing nothing for planned for East as as far as I know yet. Downtown, I mean that's still pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. I think it's gonna be, I want to say Germantown. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah, I love churches. I used to go there a lot back. It's been years since I've gone there. Yeah. I love the, I used to get the Indian dinners. Yeah. So good. I just was at uh, Trader Joe's with Grace like an hour ago. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, I just stocked up on them, so. Man, yeah. yeah. You get, well, like 20% off? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I can't remember. I think it's 20% off everything over, like, if we spend more than $20, we get 20% off. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty easy nice. to do. Very easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh Grace and I moved in a few weeks ago with my girlfriend Lily and our friend Kara. We moved in together and of course like we went to Trader Joe's and got all the like basic stuff we needed and it definitely helped because it knocked off a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you're paying for like your little village you over. Yeah. So. Literally, yeah. It's uh four of us over there on Annex now, so Nice, yeah. Grace was telling me that uh, we're all moving in together. Like, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a fun time. It's, yeah, we, it's, I'm so stoked about it. It's been so nice. We yeah. moved in a week early because our landlord's really, like, she's really sweet. Like, sweet old lady. Very kind. And she, like, thinks of us as her grandkids, which is awesome. And she's, like, she's going to come to our shows. And she's very sweet. She does, like, you can move in a week early. Don't even, like, you don't have to pay for it or any of that stuff. And just, you know. Let us know if we can like buy anything to make the house better, and I I think you always my grandkids, and are so sweet, it's very nice. kind, yeah. Wow, that is that's a perfect living situation. It's very nice, yeah. It's like you're taken care of by your landlord. Yeah, literally, not, <laughs> not like, screwed. Yeah, not like yeah, it's some contract where you're inferior to them. Yeah, it's yeah. I've I've heard horror stories. Every landlord I've had so far has been pretty nice and they've been really like it's been really nice but i've definitely heard horror stories about shit landlords like showing up randomly and stuff and just oh yeah dude not I've definitely dealt with that yeah every every lease i've ever signed i've definitely been like all right in this lease i'm going to amend like you have to give us at least 24 hours notice because i don't want to i don't want to see you yeah <laughs> i don't want to see you i don't know you yeah literally <laughs> I'll, I'll send you my money that i work at Trader Joe's and break my back for I'll send it to you every month, I promise. Right, right, yeah. no, just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> leave me be. Right. Okay, cool. Well, let's get started here. Sweet. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Nashville Artist Podcast. I'm Jordan, and today, Happy Hoggins here. Hello, hello. 
Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my house. Thank you. It's a beautiful house. Thank you. <laughs> so where are you from? I'm from Nashville. Oh. Yeah, I was born and raised here. We lived, the first house we lived on was on Abbott Martin, kind of in Green Hills area. But then when I was like one, we moved to Soton Park. And I grew up there and I've lived on the west side ever since. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, there's four of us. There's so I'm I'm happy, of course, the I'm the oldest. I'm twenty one. And then my little brother Sonny is nineteen. And then my little brother Ollie is sixteen. And then Winnie will be eight in August. Wow. Yeah. Happy Sunny Winnie and Ollie. And Ollie. Yep. <laughs> all E's. Yeah, all E's. My parents my parents love the E. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it works well with your last name. It does, yeah. I like it a lot. And it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think we all have pretty, nice, pretty cool names. I really like everyone's yeah. name. And, like, Ollie's not short for Oliver or anything. It's just Ollie. Winnie's just Winnie, not, like, Winifred or anything. And it's re I really like our names. Winnie, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Are they uh, musical or are they artistic? Yeah, they're super, both, like, it's pretty cool. Our family is pretty musical, which is nice. Sonny plays... He played clarinet through middle school and high school, and Ollie played. He like he he drummed growing up, but lately he's just been like just piano and singing, and it's pretty cool just to see them kind of like grow as musicians because we all really like we all really got into music around the same time. Because I just remember like growing up, we weren't ever like music's oh like music is the shit like this is all we want to do. But there's definitely like an inciting incident where we just all were like, all right, let's just all get into music at the same time. And yeah, Sonny, Sonny was the first to really get into it because he started playing clarinet in the band uh, at school and he just took off and is just doing so, it's like, it's cool just watching watching your brother just grow. It's awesome, yeah. you know? Awesome, so he played clarinet and then mm. what, are, what are the other ones? Ollie plays, so yeah, he plays keys, like he plays a lot of piano and he sings a lot. And he, like, he has insane rhythm, but he doesn't really drum anymore. Just because, like, we, at our house, we never had enough space really for, like, a drum kit or anything like that. Like, a full-size drum kit. But he uh, definitely had, like, growing up, he had, like, this small, like, eight-year-old drum kit and stuff. And he has practice pads and stuff like that. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. Hey. Yeah. Do you all jam together? Yeah, there was, there was a time when I was living at my parents in high school, and I one of the bands I was in at the time, I I ended up with the drums from that band, from the drummer from that band, and I was just like, all right, I'm going to just set them up at my house and kind of piss off my family for a while, but I want to play drums. And Ollie started drumming, and Sonny came out to clarinet, and I was playing guitar, and it was, yeah. We're not, like, we never did, like, the family band thing. I'm thinking about it now, we should have, but we, uh... It was really fun to play all of us together like that. Nice. Wow. And they still live here in Nashville? Mm-hmm. Sonny, they all live at my parents' right now. Sonny is a freshman. He's wrapping up his freshman year at Nashville State. But he is about to, fingers crossed, hopefully move to Japan uh, in August. Because, wow. yeah, he, uh, he applied to schools there. And they do it in, like, phases. So it's like... Like, the first phase was, like, even, like, you apply, and then the first phase that you have to get through is, like, they're like, okay, you can get in because of your credentials or whatever, and then the second phase is they give you an interview, and if you get through the interview, you get into the school. So, he passed the first phase, like, a, two weeks ago or something like that, 
which is great. Like that was huge news, and now he just has to do the interview. Which, knowing knowing him, he's going to get through the interview like that. He's pretty fluent in Japanese now. Wow. Yeah. So that's he wants to go over there to kind of like really immerse himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he wants to immerse cutter. himself. Yeah. And he wants to go to school there, but he also wants to, like, teach English, too. And so it's cool that he's, like, bilingual like that to the point where he can, like, he, like, translates movies and stuff like that. He'll, like, watch shows in complete Japanese. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. He definitely inspired me. <laughs> like, I was like, damn, I gotta think, I gotta do something. So I've, I've been learning French this year just because he totally just inspired me to, like... Learn a language. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, and he's been doing it for years. So it's, like, so cool to watch that happen you know yeah that is really interesting yeah it's really awesome what about your other siblings do they have like what are they doing now ollie so let's see ollie is oh shit he's about to graduate high school next year which is crazy he is a big sports head he plays lacrosse and all that stuff yeah he it's yeah i just went to a game the other day and he was what school does he play for hillsborough okay. yeah nice. yeah we all went to hillsborough Winnie, she is homeschooled right now, and she is super into ballet. She's the only girl in her entire Boy Scout troop, which is pretty cool. She's yeah, she's she's a pretty cool. She's pretty cool too. She's very, she's very inspiring. She likes to dance. She does Boy Scouts, and she really likes to like watch shows and then replicate what's on the shows. If that makes sense, so, like yeah. she'll watch like. She'll watch, like, somebody cook something, and then she'll, like, go how my mom about, like, wanting to go bake something, and they'll go to the store and then bake it. So it's pretty cool. She definitely gets inspired really easily, and she has, like, that mindset of, like, I'm going to do it, or I'm not going to be happy, which is kind of, like, a bad—not a bad mindset, but she's definitely—she knows what she wants, and she's going to do everything in power to get it. And it's cool just seeing her do that at this age already, yeah, you know? that's awesome. She, yeah. You said she's, like, nine? Yeah, so she'll be eight in August. Eight. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, we're all over the age range. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's great. She still has, or she has like that fiery curiosity. Mm -hmm. Everything's, the, the world's an amazing place. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's, yeah, she, and it's nice too having like, like younger siblings like that. Cause I, you know, there's, especially with like in the past three years with COVID and everything, I definitely was down on my just luck or that like down on my luck but also i was just in a bad mental space but for winnie she was i guess like four or something four or five when the uh, covid hit and so that was like her world as she knew it for a while but through that she maintained like that because she was so young she still maintained that i still want to learn everything about the world even if it's a depressing place right now you know and so to have her keep that same like the world is not a bad place and it's such an inspiring place if you just look in the right places for that. That was like a big thing that helped me get through just isolation and lockdown and stuff like that. It was just my sister being so excited about the world when I wasn't excited about it and was just so sad about like, oh, I can't play shows anymore. I can't go on tour. I can't see my friends. There's like no point of it all. I'll just go to work and come back and go to work and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, just catching up with Winnie over the phone and stuff, and she was telling me about all this cool stuff she was learning. It was really cool. Wow. It's very, yeah, it's a very inspiring time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also interesting to understand or try to understand her perspective during that time. Yeah. While we were all dealing with that, too. Yeah. I, I definitely thought about that a lot, being, like, six years old and can't 
like you're not just not in first grade, you know, like you have to do it all online. That's a crazy thought. <laughs> Rough. Yeah. Rough. I mean, God bless. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but we all got through that. Yeah. Cool. So are your parents as well musical? Yeah, my mom, my mom is definitely, she's musical in the sense that she, like she grew up and she played piano. She had a piano teacher and she, my mom has really good taste in music. And my dad though, my dad's like the, he moved to Nashville, had a publishing company, went to Belmont, that kind of thing. Cool. So, yeah. He definitely, he, uh, he has the ear for a really good song, which is cool. Wow. Yeah. He's put me on a lot of good music. Nice. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of bands do you like? So he, uh, he's, so he's from Minnesota and he was kind of coming up in the same time period as like, like replacements, who's going do soul asylum. So like that scene and oh, but, yeah, yeah. And like the replacements are my favorite band of all time. And so it's just cool to like, he definitely like helped light that fire a little bit with the replacements and stuff. So he's, he definitely put me on to like Daisy Head Maisie is a band that he was working with for a while and like Jay Spate and that whole crew he like there's a lot of like good music that he worked on in Nashville from like the I guess they're called the aughts like the 2000s or whatever there's a lot of good music that he was working on there that he's just like oh I found this CD you can listen to it if you want the other day he's an he's an eye technician now the other day I was going through my stuff and I found this Paul McCartney Ernie Winfrey CD and Ernie Winfrey, he was a big producer. He lived in Lebanon, I think. He was just a big time producer. Like when Paul McCartney came to Nashville, he went to Ernie's house and recorded much songs. And Ernie came into my dad's job all the time. And he's just like, here's a CD of he's a, some Paul McCartney demos. And my dad was like, shit, <laughs> okay, that's awesome. And I found that the other day. My dad had given that to me and it was so cool. It's, all these like outtakes from like his uh, Paul McCartney's like country days and stuff, which is cool. Wow. Yeah. So my dad, like, he's just like, he's just a resource of like, like hidden gems and stuff like that, which is cool. Lots of cool music that never like was never like you know arena like number one on Billboard, but like the replacements, who screwed you? Like that scene, so good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like your big star. Oh yeah, Alex <laughs> yeah, Alex Shilton. Alex, my like, favorite. It's all together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Alex Shilton's one of my favorite favorite singers, songwriters, everything. Awesome. Yeah. So, what were you into as a kid? Shit, I loved I loved sports. If you <laughs> like, I was a big, big, big time sports head. I uh, up until I was like. 12 or 13 years old, I was like, my whole goal in life is to be the starting center for the Boston Celtics. And that's what I really wanted to do. But then like, you know, you grew up and I got into music more and stuff like that and was discovering more of that side. But growing up, I was always playing sports. I was doing like cross country, basketball, baseball, football, and like every sport imaginable. And then I also just like, I had like my neighborhood crew of uh, friends that would terrorize Selwyn Park all the time. So that was really fun. And yeah, I'm trying to think. What do you mean by terrorize? We just, we were just like, like, you know, we felt like the big kids on the block, like uh, riding around yeah. on our bikes and like pushing over trash cans and stuff because we <laughs> thought we were awesome and like. <laughs> little punk stuff. Little punk stuff. But then like an hour later, feeling bad about it and turning around and going to pick it up and 
it was like that kind of thing. We thought we were tough for like all of 30 seconds and then we turn around and go fix whatever we messed up. So, because <laughs> we didn't want to get in trouble because like, you know, our parents knew everyone in the neighborhood so they didn't want to like get word back to them. So we're just like, all right, we'll just go clean it up real quick. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, also reading, I love to read to this day, but reading was a big thing for me growing up too. What books did you read? So I was in first grade when I read Harry Potter for the first time and that was like my favorite thing in the world was Harry Potter and then I finished that series because the last book came out I think when I started second grade and I read that in second grade and it was awesome and then I read like Percy Jackson that kind of stuff what's that one Divergent that was a that was a good book I really loved like the teen like sci-fi like Hunger Games kind of shit I was definitely a John Green person it's pretty it's pretty funny like think about the books I like to read then versus that I do now and stuff. Because that was all just, like, anything that, like, John Green or J.K. Rowling or, uh, oh, what's his name? Suzanne Collins, the uh, Hunger Games author. Like, anything they wrote, I was like, I'm going to, I have to read this. It's so good. It's awesome. But now it's, like, I like to read a lot of, like, short stories and stuff and a lot of music biographies. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Music yeah. The Alex Shelton one is really good. Okay. I'll check yeah. Yeah, it's called a uh, a man called destruction. A man called destruction. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. It's yeah, it's so I good. I love reading biographies. Yeah. I'm reading uh, do you know the band Ministry? Yeah. I'm reading Al Jordanson's autobiography. Wow, I didn't know there was an autobiography out. Yeah, it's awesome that's intense yeah it's yeah great. but i love it <laughs> that's kind of how the alex sheldon one is the the, the replacements biography that's one is really intense but it's so good yeah i'll probably read that one before the alex sheldon one <laughs> yeah that one i read that book a few years ago and that kind of like spurred my newfound because i love like i've always liked the replacements but after i read the biography i was like Oh shit, this is my favorite band ever. Just because their whole story is so interesting and like how they came up and stuff. And yeah. I heard, some, I heard stories that like the bass player was the youngest one and he would put weights on his ankles so that he could jump higher. Yeah. Like when he played shows. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Tommy, yeah, Tommy Stinson, he, uh, he was born the same year as my dad, which means that he was. 15 when their first album came out wow and which means that he was 13 when the band formed <laughs> and like at that time paul was like 21 22 and tommy was like 13 which wow. is crazy yeah he was the younger brother of a uh, bob simpson and so bob simpson kind of like forced him to play bass for the band that he had just started with paul oh really yeah wow. yeah it's pretty cool I've heard that their shows sometimes would be notoriously bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've like, there's, during COVID, one of the biggest things. Was it because they would get fucked up? They were so fucked up. <laughs> one, of, one of the big things during COVID that I got into was finding all their, uh, like, there's an entire archive on the internet of a bunch of live shows, like thousands of shows that they did from, like, their first show up until, like, that disastrous tour with tom petty over the course of like a decade and there's one like the infamous bad one is this show that they did in oklahoma and that tape is out that tape got pressed actually by twin tone and it's called the shit hits the fans 
and it's like it's it's not awful but it's definitely like there's a reason why this was the one they pressed because if you hear some of the other ones from like those that period they're just so fucked up it's insane really yeah there's a i can pull it up later but there's a um there's a show they did at the cabaret in chicago where the set list is literally like i will dare and then favorite thing and then the rest is all covers but they had changed the names of the songs to fit bob in so they did they did a cover of Freebird, but it was free bob they did jailhouse bob they did um goddamn bob they what else it was so funny and there's like just short snippets of it and it was awful sounding but it's it's kind of inspiring too because it sounds pretty cool so yeah so they were like college rock considered so they would do a lot of covers and with their own music yeah they uh they did a lot of really cool covers that like they did an only ones cover and that was on a live album that got put out maybe three or four years ago that i heard and i loved it it was that was like what got me into the only ones they did this cover by Vanity Fair called Hitchin' a Ride, and their version is obviously, like, so much better because the original one is, like, just some, like, 60s, like, 60s pop song or whatever, but they totally just destroyed it. It sounds awesome. Sick. Yeah. Man, when I was working at this place called Red Bicycle on Nolensville Pike, we would just blast replacements in the kitchen. Yeah. I remember just, like, on Sundays, just like, da 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 Yeah. <laughs> It's they're so we're good. Knock it out. Yeah, <laughs> me and uh me and Jacob Cornfloss were driving the other day, and I was ta- I was taking him home, and we just put on the replacements, and we're just obnoxiously loud in my car about it, and it's the best music. It's right? so good. It's awesome. It hits, man. Yeah, especially when Alex Children that song. That's a great song. Yeah, it's, it's like heavy, but it's like yeah, so Chris, rigid. Yeah, Chris Mars, their drummer hates that song though because it took him forever to learn how to play it because or like write the rhythm part for it because it does the uh you know it's just i think it's like just hi-hat snare for the verse but then he switches to the chorus like the i'm in love that part he's doing like the ride like the bell on the ride and stuff doing like an interesting snare rhythm (laughs) he just hated it because he couldn't figure it out because up until that point Paul was only writing like the you know fast like right like just snare drum or snare hi hat a crash occasionally that kind of thing, and then all of a sudden he started writing you know more intricate sounding songs because he was just maturing growing up and Chris I was like fuck this, this isn't what I signed up for because <laughs> like he couldn't keep up with the growth of like well he could keep up like he's an insanely talented drummer and he definitely kept kept up but that was his moment of like oh shit we're not just going to do like punk songs we're going to like be like quote-unquote songwriters now you know we're going to be people that like they were trying to break into the like hot 100 and shit like that they weren't looking just for college shows uh, anymore he was like oh, that's not what i'm here for yeah but he kept through the band or kept with the band through the end and like some of their greatest songs are like those like late 80s early 90s songs but yeah, that was the. I was reading the biography. That was the point when there he was like, "Oh shit, this is like, is like, it's just kind of one of those oh shit I'm old moments now, you know?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't carry the same kind of. Mission. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. Wow. Placements. Are they all still alive? Bob Stinson passed in '95, I believe, and. OD or something. Yeah, I think he was. He was in this band called uh, 
Static Taxi for a while and was doing other bands and stuff in Minneapolis, but he had just always had some issues and yeah, it was just pretty pretty sad way, but he just passed in 95 and then the rest of like the original lineup is still alive, but Slim Dunlap was the Bob's replacement and he had a stroke in 2012 which prompted their like the remaining replacements they got in the studio and put out the songs for Slim EP and that was like their first new music since All Shook Down. So, what first got you into music? Man, it's kind of corny, but <laughs> I uh, I saw when I was maybe 13 or 12, up until that point, I, I just was a huge, like, whatever's on the radio sounds good to me kind of person. But then I watched the Woodstock documentary, and I saw the Santana Soul Sacrifice performance, you know? Yeah. It's like that drummer... That drummer, but that whole performance, that energy just totally, like, sent shockwaves through me. And that was, like, a pivotal moment in my life. And I still watch that all the time just because it's so electric and it just sounds awesome. And it they're was, all like, tripping face. Yeah, they're, they're just all, yeah, you know, 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. But, it yeah, so I saw that video and then I was, like, I'm kind of tired of sports. Like, I like, I'll play it out of, the, you know... Like, I'll play sports with my friends, not on a team, but I really want to learn music and, like, really focus on music. And that was just, it was just literally that video, just watching their, like, camaraderie and then watching the back and forth and stuff and everything about it. And there's no vocals on the song, too, which is, like, pretty weird because I love lyrics and shit like that. But that instrumental performance was so just interesting to me. And I remember just watching it and watching it over and over again and showing all my friends and be like, everybody has to, you have to watch this. Like, this is the coolest thing ever, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to really get into music now. Oh. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I, I need to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, show, I'll send it your way. It's super good. Cool. Yeah. Is it like five minute section of it? No, no it's like, it's like the whole performance. It's, I think it's Santana's last song at Woodstock, but they, uh... It's about like 10 minutes long. It's just them going back and forth. And the drummer was 19 years old or something like that, playing to the entirety of Woodstock. And it was, yeah, it's pretty incredible. No, I think yeah. you have four or 500,000. Yeah, um, some crazy number. Absurd. <laughs> yeah. So after watching that, what instrument did you pick up? Guitar. guitar. Just, you know, is the most accessible. And my grandfather played guitar. My dad played guitar. So I... Uh, got i had i was given like one of those like first act guitars when i was like six but just kind of never picked it back up but after i watched that i like you know went up into the attic and dug through and found it again and started playing that sounded like absolute shit it was not a good guitar but then my dad got a guitar for father's day or something like that and he was like you can just play this whenever so i started playing that and like just figuring out chords and all that stuff chords are like the hardest thing at the beginning though it was just because my hand could not make those shapes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was painful. But, yeah, just noodling on guitar and figuring that out. Nice. So how did you start out, like, in school or...? No, I, uh, I had, I had, like, a, I had, like, a class that I went to for a while, but 
I, I was always pretty bad about lessons and stuff like that because I never wanted to like, like if I didn't have to be, if I had to be in a classroom outside of school hours, I was going to hate the entire time, you know, like I was like, I don't want to be in a classroom right now. I want to do something else. But so I did that and then I bailed on that just because it was, it was just moving slow and it was just like, I was in a classroom outside of school, blah, blah, blah. And I just was trying to find songs that sounded easy to play and would play along to them and just literally just figuring out the roots and stuff like that. So if it was like, if a song was in G, I would just try and find a G on the fretboard and just play that every time I heard when it would be and then just add the next note to that and just kind of worked my way up that way. Oh. Huh. Mm-hmm. So when you practice now, do you read music or do you just... I'm getting better about reading music. I just finished my first semester at Nashville State for music. So I'm really like trying to get more well-versed in that. But when I play now, I don't read music. I'll just like figure it out as I go. And then like I'll look like sometimes like I'll look up tabs and stuff I really need to. But a lot of it's like I want to figure this out and like try and really hone in on what's happening when. Like breaking the song down that way. I see. Who right now is our inspirations? Man, there's this that song "Guided by Angels" by Amol and the Sniffers is so good right now. But uh, "Guided by Angels." Yeah, "Guided by that's Angels." The band? No, that's the song. Band. Amol and the Sniffers. A M Y L. And the Sniffers. Yeah, they're that Australian. Australian band um I just love that whole song and like her vocals are so sick and then the new Big Thief record too okay Big Thief yeah it's yeah that that Big Thief record has been on constant repeat for about a week now just listening over and over again I want to check it out yeah it's super super good I've listened to their other stuff but not the new record yeah the new record is kind of like their white album in a way, just because it's like I think it's their longest record, but it's all over the place in a lot of cool ways. Okay, cool. So those are like the two bands right now. Those are the two bands. Always like their replacements, no matter what. A lot of Silicon Prairie. That's a friend from a uh, Kansas City. He's super talented. Ian Teeple. I love the Silicon Prairie record. The new Glove record's great. Man, I'm trying. I'm looking through my phone right now, trying to remember what i've been listening to <laughs> a lot of jonathan richmond of course that's my guy it's kind of yeah it's kind of been like those all back and forth big thief silicon prairie that's like what's been inspiring your guitar playing you'd say yeah well guitar playing definitely a lot of silicon prairie just because he ian's such a talented guitarist it's crazy he uh he plays his guitar up like he i think he's a right-handed guitar player no he's a left-hand guitar player but he plays it like low e is where the high e should be so he does all these cool different structures and stuff like that snooper was a uh, out on the road a month ago and we played with silicon prairie for two dates and i just was blown away watching him play because i was trying to figure out the chords and stuff he was doing but because it was upside down they were all new hand structures Wow. And it was just so cool to watch. He's just and he was just doing it so easily, back and forth. It was awesome. Damn. Yeah. I'm gonna definitely check that. He plays it like kind of like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, but like 
Jimi Hendrix played it. A right-handed guitar, left-handed. Yeah, he yeah. played it like that, but had strung it so that the low E was on the top, you know? Oh, okay. But Ian does the high E at the top, then the B, G, D, A, low E on the very bottom where the high E should be. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So it's just like crazy because it's just totally like fucked up all my prior knowledge about the guitar and seeing him totally shred it literally upside down wow it was awesome wow yeah that is interesting mm -hmm. yeah because with drums even if you play it left-handed it's still going to be kind of the same way mm -hmm. it's kind of like you'd have to do some pretty insane stuff to like be like how does he do that yeah or, or she or whoever yeah Drums are so crazy to me. I'll just, I'll never be able to fully get it, I think. Really? That's <laughs> yeah. how I feel about a guitar. <laughs> yeah. It's a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery. Drums are so cool, though. I love, I love watching drum solos and stuff like that a lot. Mm. Just because, uh, like, Nate Smith, you know, that jazz drummer? Oh, yeah. So insanely good, dude. It's crazy. Oh. I was watching that, uh, the one-handed solo he was doing on the hi-hat, you know? Oh, yeah. So cool. <laughs> he's, a, he's a beast. Yeah. I wish I'd seen him at the Blue Room a few weeks ago. I totally missed out on my opportunity. I know. I missed that. Too. Yeah. I missed Dijon. Did you go to that? Man, I wish. I wish I had seen Dijon, dude. I, uh, I had work one night, and then the other night was just sold out, and I was like, oh, shit, well, oh, well. So, yeah, I worked one night, and then I was like, I'll go after this, and then yeah. you know, I was sold out. Yeah. Whatever. No, that, he's, his new record is really good, too. I've never even listened to him. But it's just like, so good. I noticed that there were two nights of him there. So mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? Yeah, you should definitely check that. Absolutely. Like the mustard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So... What would you say? Why are you drawn to the subject to this day? To music? Music. Because it's just like, there's... It's like impossible to run out, you know? And it's like impossible to run out of good music because there's just too many people in this world for there not to be good music, you know? Right. And if you just look and find it, there's really good music out there. And that's why it's just so captivating to me because... It's one of the most, especially live shows, are like some of the most raw expressions that you can have of yourself, you know? And watching the like translation from studio to live is always so cool, but it's also really sick to see all the different kinds of music across all the different countries and environments that can come out of the place, you know? Yeah. And it's cool too now, especially like watching how interconnected some cities are because of that and like it's i don't know it's, i think it's just because it's there's always good music out there and it's always inspiring to hear it no matter what because it's such a cool thing it's really yeah <laughs> it's kind of like a lame answer but <laughs> no i mean it's whatever it means to you you know mm -hmm. so like where now do you find inspiration is it like going to shows or like walking in nature going definitely going to shows seeing like new bands play and bands that you have never heard before and then also just really trying to apply like really like dig deep and be like get that out of your system that way and seeing new places always no matter what like going to find like going on like long nature walks there's a i like to drive on old charlotte 
over there on the west side. I always drive that, and I'm always constantly like finding a new thing out there that I love, and it's just inspiring that way. And then also just band practices and stuff like that too. Just that's where the inspiration is because Ophelia inspires me in a way different way than Snooper does, and Snooper inspires me in a way different way than Impediment does, and Impediment inspires me in a different way that both of the bands do. So it's cool to like bounce those three different projects that I'm currently in together. It's cool to like bounce those ideas and apply something I would do in Snooper to Ophelia and then like likewise right across the board. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did you get a part of those three bands? Ophelia I so Lily and I go out of course, so Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um there was just like a hole that needed to be filled and it's just a base and so they were they very graciously uh, let me in. Shout out John Mark, Jack, Cara, and Lily. And then Impediment is just like, that's my music that I, I like to write and stuff. And that's me, Jacob Kornfoss, Sean, Booz, and Lawrence Rogers. And that's just kind of like, those are some of my best friends. And it's easy to play with them because they're your best friends. And then Snooper is great because that was, that was a really cool thing. Because out of the blue, like completely random last july connor just hit me up he's like yo do you play bass i was like yeah he's like all right will you be a snooper and i was like sure and then that was like the rest is history and now connor is like connor's one of my best friends and blair and cam and matt they're all like my best friends now and matt matt and i've known each other for way longer so that's a that's a whole different thing matt's been one of my good friends for a long time but Connor and Blair and Cam are some of like the closest people that I have in my life now, literally off of that one text Connor sent, which is so cool. And now we've like gone across the country together. Ophelia's going to uh, the East Coast in June to get like that's gonna be really fun because we're all for, we all went to the same middle school, so that's gonna be crazy to think about. And Snoopers going to the West Coast in July, and it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. What what kind of style would you describe each one of those bands as? Snooper, I like to, I call Snooper Spycore all the time. <laughs> it's just like, it's just cool. It's fun to play and it's high energy the whole time. And it like, that's what really lets me to get that. That's what allows me to get the, all like the pent up, like, I, I want to dance, I want to move, I want to get everything out of my system right now in the next 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. And that's what Snooper's good for. And then Ophelia is really nice for like, okay, I'm calm, but I'm still really thinking about, like, what I'm going to play where, because that, like, Lily and Jack are just music theory geniuses and stuff. Like, it's just, they're talking about crazy, like, you know, C-sus, flat nine, blah, blah, like, that kind of thing. Whole foreign language to me, but I'm still trying to learn it, and that's nice because it's high energy in a way different way, you know? Like, Snooper is definitely, like, it's high energy and I'm thinking about what I'm playing the whole time, but I am physically tired after playing. In Ophelia, it's high energy, but my brain is tired after playing, you know? And then Impediment's just a clusterfuck. <laughs> Impediment's just, it's so much fun playing with Impediment just because they're my best friends and every show I've played with them has been a good show. In terms of like, there's been some disastrous, we played all, like, just didn't sound like how we practice it and it just wasn't there but it's fun because it's like those are my best friends and it 
really makes it a good time no matter what. Because even if I sound like shit and fuck up, it's great because they're they're right there with me, you know? Right. So. What kind of, I, I can find impediment online. Cause that's, I'm a lazy motherfucker. <laughs> so I was like, what kind of, I, yeah. Is it like rock? Is it like- it's, yeah, we, uh, Cornfloss has dubbed it Twangle Pop because we're a Jangle Pop band from the South. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, draw like a lot of inspiration from like the clean and stuff like that. All, all those New Zealand bands, all like those orc record bands from New York. Those are like some of some of the fav- our favorites, and we draw a lot of inspiration from that. So very jangly. Jangly. Yeah. Yeah. Jangly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. Twangly. Cool. So you haven't lived anywhere else. You've just Mm-mm. stayed here. Yeah. I uh, so I almost moved to Boston about two years ago. Right, like literally that January, actually, right before COVID hit. But then I got scammed, and it was a whole situation. I lost a lot of money, but it was, I just saw it as like a, that wasn't meant to happen yet. And I'm glad it didn't because COVID hit immediately after. So, okay, so this was like 2020? Yeah. I was supposed to leave in January 2020 for Boston, but then that didn't happen, and I spent the entirety of COVID in Nashville. And I just, I love it here. It's just, I definitely, wanted to get out after high school just because i was ready to go i graduated and was like let me get the fuck out of nashville and bounce out and out of here but ever since like i spent like lockdown and isolation in nashville it's just i've really seen it from a whole new perspective because it's just such a great city it's like the people are great here the music scene is pretty strong right now and so many good bands and so much good music but also it's just it's nice too because it's like right in the middle of everything. Like you know, seven hours to the beach if you want to go to the beach. You get like a you can literally get like a thirty dollar flight to New York if you really want to get out that bad. But it's just Nashville itself is just such an inspiring place to live because it has that city feel. Like especially on the west side and stuff. Now it's like definitely is like suburb or um, definitely like city and you know the hustle bustle. But if you drive. 10 minutes down Charlotte, you're in the middle of the beautiful countryside, you know? You can drive out to Leaper's Fork and be amongst, like, the cows and the sheep and all that, and it's so nice for that reason, I think, you know? But I know that I'm not going to live in Nashville probably in, like, the next few years. I'm definitely looking at, like, like, I just because I feel like you should, everyone should live in a few places in their life, you know? Just... Get out and see some places, see some things. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Cool. What would you say is something you've learned living here? The... Man. I've learned... In living in Nashville, I've learned how to, I feel like, kind of treat people with respect. Just because... A, because that's how you want to be treated, but also just as, like, that's that southern kind of upbringing of, like meet new people and treat them with kindness right off the bat and if they're not going to treat you with kindness you have to give them the time of day kind of thing you know it's like treat people with kindness because everybody has a story to tell and everybody has something that happened in their life and something everybody has some shit going on but everybody deserves that kind of like basic respect from like from the moment you meet them and nashville is always respectful like that you know nashville is full of people who are respectful and just kind and just 
beautiful place to live you know right yeah definitely this is a very kind place mm -hmm. very kind yeah i'm from lookout in georgia chattanooga mm -hmm. basically yeah and i definitely find i think this place is more kind than it is there really that place is kind but this place everyone's just so nice yeah and yeah it's just that's that's the whole thing it's just everyone's kind and it's nice and you can have a conversation with anybody and everybody if so long as you're respectful about it you know right and i really like that that's one of the biggest lessons i've learned i also learned how to crowd surf in nashville too so yeah <laughs> yeah and that's something i'll like apply anywhere i go now <laughs> yeah i need to learn how to crowd <laughs> it's just it's fun yeah I, I got I got corn floss to thank for that one. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah. that video or picture of you. Uh, was that in the blue room? Oh yeah, yeah. that uh, with a gorilla toss a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a fun show, but I think that was the most crowd surfing Nashville has seen in a long time. It was crazy. Where, like, I felt like multiple somebody... people getting surfed. Yeah. Well, there's a picture of a uh, corn floss and Matt holding like holding on to each other, and they're both up in the air. Grace was up in the air at the same time as uh, somebody, I can't even remember who was up at the same time as her. And I, I remember I went up one time and I looked around and there's like one person kind of by the bar back there and another person uh, back towards the door. And I was like right in the middle. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Wow. It's so cool though. Dang. Yeah. So Gorilla Toss, like high energy. Yeah, it was definitely high energy. Okay. I, I haven't, still haven't listened to him, but. It made me happy too, because I have, uh, on Instagram the other day, they posted that Nashville has been their favorite show that they've played, and I think it's because of how how much energy everybody brought to the show. You know, Blue Room's a fun fun room. It's a very fun room. <laughs> I love the infinity wall. It's like yeah. How how high can I stand on this? Yeah, literally. Oh, before I eat shit. Yeah, before I slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the Blue Room is really cool. I really like playing there a lot. Nice. It's really nice. What uh? So since you're in like three bands, what? How do you manage that, or what's your in your way of? I I like I keep a very tight calendar, like a personal calendar, and that's kind of like the lame adult answer. But oh. nine times out of ten, it's just like I wake up every day and I'm like, all right, these are the things I have to do today. And like Tuesdays are my Ophelia days, Wednesdays are my Snooper days, and then impediment practices on occasion. <laughs> just because like everybody in impediment, like Sean does his Linwood stuff. Cornfloss is running to go, you know, and Larry's in his other band, Willie Pearl. And so it's just like that band is fun because when we come together, it sounds really good, but we need to definitely like pick that up a little bit. I don't think about it. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I have to write everything. My life lives on paper, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Relax. At this time. <laughs> no, I have a yeah. scheduled like yeah. break time yeah. for my brain. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Stare at this. No. <laughs> yeah, when when I die, there will be no question about what I did on Tuesday, right. May third, two thousand twenty-two, because it's written right down, right, right down. Yeah. Right. What <laughs> time? Yeah, one p.m. Interview. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> Two p.m. Eat food. Yeah. <laughs> Two fifteen. Breathe air. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, cool. So what is some advice you'd give to someone who's going to move here and do art? Oh, it's a, wow, that's a cool question. Um, art meaning, you know, every genre. Yeah. Someone who's moving here to do art, I would say that there's a lot to be said about supporting others, too. In, in the sense that, like, 
if you if you work on supporting others then people will want to support you too just because that's how you show that's how you show off like the best side of yourself is who you hang out with and who you want to support and stuff but also really making sure that you get like if you if you do a commission for somebody make sure you get paid you know don't let anybody not pay you for something if you are a musician and you're working like somebody asks you to play guitar make sure there's like some kind of understanding of like i respect you enough to like i want to like i'll pay you or let me figure out something to like compensate you for the time you're devoting to this not letting anybody kind of like walk over you because you're like a artist or whatever you know like you you are an artist so be treated as such make sure you're not letting people like walk over you or make sure you get paid for the things that you do and really just look into uniting like kind of like creating like a strong scene with other people i guess so have a bond with the community yeah because that's those are the people that you'll want to fall back on when those like your community that you build is who you're going to want to fall back on if you blow up and get super successful and you just need a break those are people but also if things don't go according to plan you want your tight community you know and i see though if you have if you have your community you're going to do good things no matter what because you have that community you know right little support system yeah and people take you seriously and Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah i feel very lucky to have like like a strong like like lily like holds me down all the time and it's just like making sure i feel like i feel very supported and i feel very like grounded and that's i'm very lucky for that and my friends in ophelia and snooper and impediment and everybody else it's just like it's nice because it's i want to do everything in my power to support them and i also feel supported and like my i have friends that in murfreesboro too and like because we me and me and my friend deshaun and cam do this thing called bummer world too where it's like it's like a whole collective of like it's a skate team, it's a magazine, it's a YouTube channel, it's a, Cam has, like, a cannabis business, and it's, like, just this whole conglomerate of things, and I I really, honestly, like, Deshaun and Cam, I have to thank for kind of, like, instilling that sense of, like, build your community and then grow kind of thing, you know? Right. Just because that's what the whole bummer thing is about, is, like, we, it's the three of us, and we're so tight-knit, and... We support each other and everything. Cam just put out a short movie, and Deshaun was at the like they premiered at Deshaun's house, you know, like their their house. They premiered it there, and it's just that's just like such a like having that. I guess having that foundation in your friends is what the best advice I can get. Get to like get to Nashville, build your foundation, and make sure you get paid for what you deserve. Yeah, so great advice. Cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add that I haven't asked you? Man, just, you know, go run up Bummer World, go run up Impediment, <laughs> Snooper, Ophelia, go, you know, that, all that stuff. Yeah, check it all out. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. What is something absurd you love or do? Absurd that I love or do? Yeah. I have this... I love. I love to log things. 
so right now it's pulled up right now because I saw one on the way here. But wow. I keep a list of uh, <laughs> state plates I've seen and like just driving around and being places. So it's like this is like the fourth or fifth time I've gone through all 50 states, which is cool. So it's like anytime I see like an Alabama plate, I'll check that off and write the date I saw it. And then that's one out of 50 states I've seen. So right now I'm still working on Delaware, Idaho, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Utah, and Vermont, and Wyoming. Wow. So I'm pretty close to like finishing this list, but it's like that's kind of like an absurd weirdo thing. What else? That's like the <laughs> that's just the first thing that came to mind just because I was like I saw a new plate on the way here and I was like I gotta log that. I really, shit, I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm sure it's like. Any of my friends are here, they'd be just listing stuff off. That's just crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have, like, 1 through 50, mm-hmm. and then, like, when you see a plate, in te- does it all have to be in Tennessee when you see these No, it's anywhere. So, like, I saw an Alaska plate in all, of all places in Kansas last month, and I had to, like, I marked that off. So just any time I kind of see a plate, I'm just like, oh, check. <laughs> yeah. So you're super conscious of behind people's vehicles. Yeah, but yeah, not like a weird, like I'm not like, that's not, like that's why it's absurd because it's not like a weird way. It's just like, oh, that's cool. Like a Hawaii plate in Kentucky. That's sick. Right. Yeah, it's fun, you know. I think that's sick. Yeah. No, yeah. Man, that car has traveled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool too seeing like, like Canada plates and stuff here and like Mexican plates and stuff. It's really cool. Cool. It's just, yeah, it's a weirdo. It's a little weirdo obsession I have of like, I want to write down or I just want to like log like the plates I've seen. And there's so many interesting plates too. Yeah. So many cool All designs. The art you can have put mm-hmm. on your plate. Yeah. What are some of your favorite YouTube videos? Definitely that Santana video that I was talking about earlier. A lot of... A lot of replacements, like, live videos and shit like that. And then Jack from Ophelia lately has been getting me onto praise break videos. Just, like, watching just insane musicians playing praise breaks for, like, 15 minutes. And they're just so in the pocket. And like Praise break? Is that, like... It's, like... It's, like, so when you're... Pl- it's, like, okay, so at church and, like, yeah. they're playing music and stuff. It's, like, the end kind of thing when they're, like, just jamming the music and they're calling out the progressions in real time and calling out the rhythms in real time and stuff like that. Wow. It's like in gospel music? Yeah. 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 Pretty it's much gospel. so interesting. What is it called again? Uh, just, like, praise break videos. Praise break. Yeah. And then... So those are some of my favorite videos. <laughs> I like watching the Big Thief, Big Thief videos... It's just, yeah, just music, music stuff mostly. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, thank you for yeah. coming on the show. Sick. Thank you for having me on. This is awesome. This has been great. Awesome. Yeah.